0: Welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a Word and Spirit-based ministry, because we are born of the Word and born of the Spirit. His god giving mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure Word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and to take the Gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the Word and a passionate teacher of the Word of God, and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section, or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel al walks us through the word. Stay tuned.
1: Let me correct something. You know, many a time, uh, you know, there's a statement that we make ignorantly. Or oh, let me start it this way you know, it looks like there are two categories of Christians. There are one that feels you must suffer before you rise. And there are those that believe that the suffering has been done and we must enjoy. Now, there is this statement that is made that if a grain does not fall to the ground and suffer and die it will not you know sprout out and, and bear much fruit please that statement is not for you okay. and I've heard preachers talk about that as you know in a form of inspiration you you don't need inspiration you need reality and the reality is what Jesus has done now, I just, maybe in the next five minutes, I just want to show you this so you don't put yourself in there. Remember, as a man thinketh, so is he. If you think all your life, you must suffer because there's a time called, you know, uh, grass, eh, grace. So you must go through grass. That is what life would be for you. Are you with me? Now, Jesus was the one that made this statement in John chapter 12, verse 24. He was talking about his death. And how him alone, because that was the purpose. How him alone ought to die. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So this statement has been taken out of context. And people that suffer in life have personalized it to their life. That they are dying, they are like that wheat of grain, very soon they are entering into greatness. The Christian was born into greatness. The Christian was not born as a seed to suffer. Now I show you this. Go to verse 22. Let's see why Jesus said what he said. Because he was about to die. He said, Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Uh And Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come. And the son of man should be glorified. You see, the son of man should be glorified. Meaning the son of man must die and must be resurrected. So that all of us, we are the fruit he was talking about. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says that for it became him. For whom are all things. And by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory? So what Jesus meant was that he was going to die, and when he is raised, he's going to bring all of us. So that's that's what he meant there. He said, "For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing who many sons unto glory, and to make the captain of their salvation perfect through through what Suffering. through sufferance." The day you became born again, you you actually joined in the suffering of Christ. But when you were raised into into life, the resurrection life, there's no more suffering. That is the reason why, you see, when I say there's no more suffering, you'll be thinking about how you wake up early, early morning, go to work, blah, blah, blah. It becomes a choice because of ignorance. Now, when you became born again, that's what I taught you on Friday, every little thing, pertaining to this life for your advancement, for your victory, for your promotion, for prosperity, including your faith, every single one of them were completed and deposited in your spirit. So what the Christian needs to do is to first of all acknowledge what is inside your spirit and out of your spirit you now begin to draw. The Bible never said, okay, look at it in Romans chapter 8 verse 18 he said that "For the suffering of this present time cannot be compared with the glory that we shall be revealed to you know he was not talking about your day-to-day suffering he was talking about the suffering in terms of the gospel like like a church will just spring up somewhere and the area people will rise up and fight it, but a beaba will open and they will allow you to run. Like we are having a church service here. They, say we are, they can say we are making noise. But somebody can have a party TDB. And then nobody was. You know, we go and preach somewhere. People are throwing water on you. They are chasing you. These are the sufferings that we enjoy to suffer for him. But when it comes to the sufferings of your life. It, you, the Bible says that he has given you all things that pertains to life. And to godliness. So until the Christian is aware of what is inside of him. He cannot enjoy what is inside of him. Look, he said you are the fruit. He didn't say you are the seed. There's nowhere in the Bible where the Bible mentioned a Christian as a seed. But severally, the Bible called Jesus the seed. And he said if a seed, one seed, if I put it here, it will remain alone. But when I take the seed and I put it in the ground, when it grows, you have many fruit. So the Bible says that he said he is the vine and we are the branches. The church is referred to as the branch because it is the church that bears fruit. The stem does not bear fruit. And the fruit is what is enjoyed by many. So as you begin to prosper out of what is already inside of you as you begin to enjoy victorious life your testimonies and everywhere these are the fruits that you enjoy that you bear and people come taste of that and they are like wow God is good not in the sufferings please renew your mind now the reason why a lot of people think this way is because there is ignorance problem so this morning, I'm going to talk to you about, thank God this is in line. I'm going to talk to you, talk to you about the double mind. The double mind. Say the double mind. double mind. Now, to have a double mind is very, in other words, a double-minded person, you see. Go to James chapter 1, verse 8. Okay, uh, start from verse 7. 5, let's start from 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him. Hold on here, show us uh, amplified. It, It says it beautifully here. He says that if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. He's telling you an attribute of God. He's a giving God. Who gives to everyone liberally, not on condition. You don't need to come and bring a big seed before you receive from him. You don't need to fast and die before you receive from him. I even say this. You don't even need to pray to receive from him. You understand when I say that? So somebody will say, so are we not supposed to pray? Because we don't pray to beg. We pray to take. Because it has been made available. If you have this mindset... You just walk through life. I'm telling you. He said, he he gives to everyone liberally. And what? Ungrudgingly. Okay, I'll give you, but yesterday you did something. no, 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 I will not. I know tomorrow you will sin, so, oh, no, no. God doesn't even bless you because you have, he he doesn't, you are not blessed even because you sinned. Blessing is not linked to sin. Blessing is not linked to sin. Some of these wealthy people all over the world, they are not Christians. But God will use them to perform his agenda. Like he could take a donkey. C- can you see this? Without, so you are saying, I'm a believer. Why am I, I don't sin. I don't do anything. Why am I not blessed? But why is that guy... Because blessing is not in line. The day you became born again, you have an advantage. The Bible says that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, which is already deposited in your spirit. You must be aware and release it. And release it. Has God ever made his people very rich before? Yes, the Bible tells you about great people like Solomon, great people like Abraham, and so on and so forth. Several people. Why not our case? There was something they knew. And there was some, go and read the book of Abraham, um, uh, Genesis. The man believed God to the core. That even when God asked him to give his only son, this was the thought, his cogitations, that even if I kill my son, I believe this God will raise him back. That was why he he wanted to sacrifice his son. But you see, today it's not like that with the believer. If whatever you have, if you are giving, you feel you have lost. Why do you have a big God and think you lose things? Didn't you read Psalm 23? The Bible said the Lord is my shepherd. I lose nothing. That's why I told you on Friday. You can know the scriptures. But it might not be alive in your spirit. So you realize that I know by memory. But it doesn't work for me. Why is it not working? Because you are double-minded. And I'll show you what a double-minded person is. All right. Go back. He said without reproaching or what? Fault-finding. God does not find fault with you before he gives you anything. No. Even if you are the devil, and he says he will give you, who, 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 I mean, who have a problem with God giving? This is how you must see God. And that is what Satan does. He does to us. You do something wrong, and he comes to you and says, you will not be blessed. You are not blessed because of what you did. You are not blessed, you are not, you know, and then we believe. Can you see this? But there was a woman called, is it Goma? Who was a prostitute? And God had to link her to a prophet to marry. Today, you can never read the book of Uzziah without talking about Goma the prostitute. There was another prostitute called uh, Rahab. You cannot read the book of Hebrews chapter 11 about the faith fathers and not talk about a prostitute called Rahab. She was not a preacher. See, don't limit God to the way human beings think. God is bigger than that. That is why it is difficult for unbelievers to come. It is big. If today I decide to change my hair to Rasta or something, people will start talking. Because it is not the norm. A pastor does not look like that. How does a pastor look like? Because, because the world has the. I'm coming. Sir, so you are wearing white. It is white. Who told you it is white? You know that it's white. Can you prove it is white? No, we were told we came to people just decided to call this one white, and the whole world, generation upon generation, has accepted that it is white. What if really it is blue? Yeah. Please sit. Yeah. I, I, you understand? Yeah. What if what if in the eyes of God this is blue? Who told you you were a man? Who told you, you were a boy? You were told. Now you believe what men tell you, you don't believe what God tells you. Listen, this listen, you must know the scriptures, it will liberate you. Look, God doesn't find fault with me when He's giving me anything. Please renew your mind with that. He does not find fault. (laughs) Somebody said, you know, people can think, but you know, on on logical grounds. Somebody said, Okay, why are you saying Adam is my you know great 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 grandfather? And his sins will have sinned. Okay, I hear. But he has he had properties. Why are, you, why are you passing the sin on to us and not their properties? <laughs> you know, it makes sense, right? Yes, yeah, but it's, it's not, it's human sense. <laughs> oh, God doesn't find fault with me. Say, God doesn't find fault with me. That is why you can be, you can walk in, ab- in abundance of blessing that you want. Otherwise, there will be several limitations on your mind. I cannot get this because of this. I cannot go there because I did this yesterday. No, no, no. That is not how God is. He said, and it will be given him. You ask him; he gives. He's a giver. Yeah. Say, my God is a giver. Yeah. Then, in, in verse, um, he said, then he said, only when you ask, it must be it must be in faith. Yesterday, I told you about the faith. This faith is the faith of the Son of God. So it must it must be in faith that he acts with no what no hesitation, no. Doubt. For the one who wavers, who hesitates, doubts is like the billowing surge out of the sea that is blown hither and thither. You see the way they stop, the the sea, you are like that, and tossed by the wind. Uh huh. Then verse seven, for truly. Let's not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. So the Lord is a giver. But before you go to God in asking, faith will help you to be single-minded. Without faith, you become double-minded. And if you are double-minded, the Bible says that don't think that you are going to receive anything. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. The reason why we teach so your faith can be built is so that you can have single-mindedness. So that when you say, God, I want, I take this. God says he gives to you liberally because you have a single mind. I'm telling you, this is one thing that the church has not looked at. So we think if I pray and I'm not getting an answer, it is because I have not fasted enough or I have not prayed for 12 hours or I have not done a ritual something. There's something I have not done. No, but it is far from that one. He's telling you that if you doubt, you ask God. Imagine, you're asking God for this microphone and you are doubting if it's possible. He's not such a God. He said, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? There is nothing too hard for him. So don't place him in the category of other gods who give but for a while and eternally. said all good and perfect gifts comes from above. So God is saying that if you place me in doubt, forget it. So I just came to announce to you. The reason why some prayers have not been answered is not because he's not capable. Look at this world that he created. When was the last time you saw maintenance being done? Okay. How many times have you changed your shoes? Because maybe the soles wear off. When was the last time you changed your feet? When was the last time? The reason why you have a lot of shoes just so, just so that it doesn't wear off early. But when was the last time you went to say, "Let me change my the source of my feet"? Look at how you cut your hair every time. Look at how you chew your nails. Now, if just imagine that the length of your nails in your body is from here to Sawam. By the time you reach a particular age, it will finish, isn't it? But it doesn't. It doesn't. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. It keeps coming. Your hair keeps growing. There's no, there is no room where hair is kept inside your body. How it comes, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is the God that says He gives liberally. Which means if He gives me something, nobody can mess up with it. It has not if God gives you a car. It is not part of the category that falls into accidents and problem. No. And I know this by experience. Anytime God gives you something by himself, it does not go through what others go through. Because he's unique and he wants to remain like that. See God this way. So, 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 so the Bible is telling you a double-minded person. So I'm going to explain to you what a double-minded person is. Who a double-minded person is. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, when you were born, before you became born again, the Bible says that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in the body. Are you with me? Yes, sir. This message will change your life forever. Amen. How many of you can look into a bottle with two eyes? It must be one. That experience is to tell you who God is. (laughs) If you know the scriptures, there are a lot of things that happen physically. You'll be like, oh God. You are expressing yourself everywhere. (laughs) Now listen. Now, in your human body, forget about your born-again spirit. In your human body, you have a brain in your body. But in your soul you have what we call mind. Now, according to scientists from their researches, the mind controls the brain, which means that the brain responds to the mind. Now, whatever the mind thinks or decides to do, that is what is transferred into the brain. And the brain begins to do what it does, and your body begins to do that. When you are hungry, it is not your stomach that decided to have food, it was your mind that passes the information to. There is a gland here, your brain, the small one, it's called the pituitary gland. It triggers it, and then it begins to tell your body that it is time for food. Your mind. Madam Ness, is that correct? Good. So 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 your mind controls the brain. So the brain is the physical part of the mind. Can you see? It? Yes, now do you remember that when Lazarus and the rich man and Lazarus the rich man died in fact both of them died right? They were buried on the earth. But their souls went into hell. Lazarus Lazarus soul went to um, you know, paradise, which was next to hell. Okay? But both of them are called Shoel. S-H-O-E-L. But there is hell and there was paradise. Now, the rich man was in hell and she was, he was testy. It is your mind that makes you know you are testy, But his physical brain was buried on the earth. Can you see that? Yes. Now, your brain, your mind, it's ve- more sensitive than your brain. What does it mean? When your mind stops func- stop functioning, your brain is useless. Can you see that? When your mind... So when we say you've lost your mind, that is the effect in your brain. That is the effect in your brain. And your brain begins to pass on. So your, your body begins to behave as your brain. Because, because your brain is linked to your mind. Now, these are two separate entities, yet they are inseparable. And I saw, when I read it, when I studied it, just like God, the Father, the, the Word, and the Spirit, they are different personalities, yet they are inseparable. When you study the human body, that is how he's made certain things for, to reflect him. God is everywhere, I tell you. So the brain and the, and the mind, they are separate entities, yet they are inseparable. Because the brain cannot work without the mind. And the mind can also not work without the brain. Because if the mind thinks and the brain does not carry it out, we will never know what has happened. You get it now? Beautiful. So they need each other. But the brain needs this, the, 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 the mind more. You see, this, your body is useless. It is, it, that's what it is told to do. Yes. Yes, Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. God. Now see, when you give birth to a baby, the, 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 the brain has a particular function that it already performs. The pumping of blood is done from the brain. Otherwise the child will not be alive. Okay? But when it comes to talking and walking, it's not done by the brain. It is done by the mind. But the mind must be educated. The mind must be taught. So when you hold the child, you teach the child say, come, come. Do you know what you are doing? You are developing the mind. You are training the mind. You are educating the mind. You see, you know the way, we, the way we behave how we behave because we went to school. And our, our mind was educated. Now we see the consequences. Now I, keep, I, I give this an example. Some of you, when you were children, you could draw. You were very creative. You know, but the moment you started school and they started limiting the way your mind could function, now you can't draw. Because they've put a limitation in half far. And I don't, you know, the, the foreigners have, they've come to understand this. So now from class one, I can speak of some European countries, maybe Sweden. From class one to, to from age one to seven, to six or seven, seven, six, They don't teach them one, one, two, three, four, five, six, up to hundred. They don't teach them one plus one. Eh? Now, if your son goes to school at the age of three, they allow them to explore. So, they keep exploring and exploring. So, they are using their mind. They are educating their mind outside the walls of education. Then, when they get to seven years, that's when they teach them how to write. You realize that they write faster because their mind has been educated. So when you say one plus, see some of the foreigners, their handwritings are not really nice. But they know what they are writing. You, Your handwriting is so nice. <laughs> Alright. So see, so, so, so the mind is educated. So the more you educate your mind, the more what the mind has received is passed on to the brain. And the more your behavior so when the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. You can never be different from the way you think. Because, you know, what you think is passed onto your brain. Your brain will expose you. If you think you are poor, you realize that over time, you start dressing like such. You don't need to think plenty. Because it's already in there. Satan knows this principle. That is why he doesn't come after you, your body. He gets to your brain. Or if your mind. If he can get you in the mind, he's done. Yeah, he's he's. That's what the Bible says in um, is this Second Corinthians ten three. He said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. No, he said for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Uh huh. Yeah, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If Satan has a stronghold in your mind, you are are doomed. Because that is a control control station. Verse 5. What does he do? He said, casting down is the mind. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when Satan has you know, Access to your mind. You are gone. And I'm going to show you how he has access. Soon. Okay. So if this is true. What about the spirit? The day you became born again. The Bible says that you received. The mind of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. He said who has known the mind of Christ. That he may instruct him. But he said, but we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16. King James. He said, for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have. Say have. Have. He didn't say you have. He said we have. We have the mind of Christ. Now, the mind of Christ means that it is the mind of the spirit that knows everything Christ knows. See, you know everything. Oh? Do you know you know everything? I'm sure you'll be like, if I know everything, why did I fail my exam? Yes. He says, we have. He's telling you. And when you read the Bible, these are some of the words you need to pay close attention. When God says you have, please believe you have. I told you, they said you were a girl. You believed. And you start behaving like a girl. You dress like a girl. You talk like a girl. When you start talking like a boy? Everybody will be like, whoosh. You get it? You know, when you have a young boy and a young girl, they think they are the same. The boy wants to wear the girls. You know, the girl too wants to wear. They, until you start telling them, no, no, no. You are a boy. Boys wear this. Girls wear. You can't prove it to them. You also came to here. And so you are also telling them, and they believe. Are, are you seeing it? Now, God is also telling you the born again. Now, when we say born again, remember, it's not your soul, it's not your body, it is your spirit. Because your spirit is the real you. So he says that, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, I told you on Friday that in your spirit, in your born again spirit, is everything in its fullness. There is nothing substandard. There is nothing average in your spirit. When it comes to faith, you have the highest faith. The one God used to create the world. The one God used to do everything. That is that kind of faith that is in your spirit. When it comes to prosperity, you have God's prosperity. When it comes to power, all the powers in heaven are located in your spirit. Everything God is you are and you have in your spirit. The Bible tells you that. Now let me show you that you know all things. Go to First John chapter 2, verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye Is there ye have an unction from above, from the Holy One, and ye know all things. God says you know all things. Accept that one first then we'll find out why I am not able to use the all things. Can you see it? Instead of, you see, the problem of the church is that we are not accepting what God says we have. We are only worried about why we are not able to. So I'm helping you here. First of all, believe what God says you have, first of all. Then find out how you can release what you have. Because it is easier to release what you have than to get what you don't have. Is it not easier to keep a customer. Than to go looking for a new customer. So God says I have. I know all things. I know all things. Now when you say you don't know all things. You are talking from the perspective of your soul. And your, and your body. But as far as your spirit is concerned. You know all things. Now your spirit knows everything Jesus knows. Don't worry I'm taking you through. Now, go to chapter, go to verse 27 here again. He will will expand this. But the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you. The unction here is is anointing. So, he said, the anointing which ye have received. First of all, the Bible says you have received anointing. Do you have it? You see, you don't need oil on your head. That signifies you are anointed. Oil, Oil is not anointing. It was, it was a sign in the Old Testament to show people that have been selected and called. Because the word anoint means you know, to smear oil upon one that has been chosen for something. So in the Old Testament there were people that God chose. First of all, they were judges like Samuel. Like Ellie. Like you know, then there were kings. Then there were prophets. Then there were priests. All these guys God anointed them mean they were, they were chosen for an office. That is what anointing means. Anointing doesn't mean oil on you and you. No. What I'm doing here right now, I have been anointed to teach. So if you were in the Old Testament, they would have poured some oil on me to show the oil signified one that the Holy Spirit must feel to be used. So, uh, uh, you know, okay, so all of you are here. Now, if God says I have chosen one person, how would we know? So if it is Solomon or Annabel, we call Annabelle and then we pour the oil on Annabel in the glare of everyone. That this is the man or woman that God has selected for this purpose. Immediately that thing is done, then the Holy Spirit. So the oil is nothing. The Holy Spirit now comes and enables the person to perform the function. That is what anointing means. So you see, people are not studying the word of God to find out who they are in Christ. They are going around looking for oil. Fresh oil, new oil, blend oil. And they have been searching for oil, oil, oil. And they leave the word of God. When somebody comes here, maybe I'm teaching and I'm done and I'm prophesying or I'm healing people. And then the, the place is, they'll be like, I love the oil, man, man of God. Sometimes when they come, when they talk to me, that's like man of God, I love the oil in your life. I say, me, where is it? I can't even see the oil. Like <laughs> Nobody see. What you see, the healing, the prophecy, it's not the anointing. It is the effect of the anointing. That's what it means. It's the effect. So who is the anointed one? Is it the man that is preaching? No. All of you. He said, the anointing ye have received so you must recognize. So you say, you, when you are thanking God for saying, say, thank God I am anointed. I have received anointing from the Holy One. See, that's how you pray. Because he didn't say you shall receive. He said, the anointing that have, you have received, Past, you have received of him, abideth in you. Now the next one says, and ye need not that any man teach you. Why? The anointing teaches you. Because your mind, which is the mind of Christ in your spirit, knows all things. Please don't worry about the fact that still it looks like you don't know certain things. We will get to that point, okay? We'll we'll carry you. He says it teaches you all things and it's truth. And it's no lie. Oh, if the anointing begins to teach you. And you begin to, you know, you know, you learn how to release it. Everything you say is true. Yeah. And even as it has, it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. Okay, so now we have proved that you know all things. Is that correct? Okay. There's another scripture. Let me just help you here before you go and find it one day. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9 and 10. Let me clarify that first. Then I would help you. Now, here Paul said, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Then in verse 10. But when, the, when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So here he's trying to tell you that like you don't know all. And I've heard a lot of people quote this. Okay. Now here, what he's talking about here? He's not talking about the knowledge in your spirit. He's talking about how much of what is in your spirit has been released into your mind, the soul, and has manifested in your flesh. Now, remember, please listen to this. It will help you. Now, what I'm trying to help you to do is that to understand that the basic understanding of Christianity is when you first of all acknowledge 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 24, which tells you that you have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. You don't ever forget this. So that when you're reading the Bible, you find out, is it talking to the soul, talking to the spirit, or talking to the body? You must find out. For example, if you read Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it said, beloved, I beseech you by the message of God that ye present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice, holy. He's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about your body. Then you ask yourself, why is he talking about my body? Because the Bible tells you that your body is not yours. It has been purchased by Christ. So you need to understand all these things. Look, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable. Um... So, after talking about the body, he went to talk about the soul. Go down to verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of... So, in verse 1, he spoke about your body. In verse 2, he spoke about your soul. Can you see that? Yes, so, that is how we study the word of God. Beautiful. So, the scripture you saw... That says that we know in part. Yes, you know in part. Because. Can I have three people? Come and become body. Okay, you, you become spirit. Please stand here. Soul. Now listen. You know sometimes people say that in the spirit you can look small like this or it's a lie. Your spirit. Your spirit is like Christ. Your spirit is exactly how Christ looks like. However he looks like. As he is. So are we. However Christ looked like. Because this is your spirit. Once upon a time. I will, I will explain this for the last time. Once upon a time. When man fell and sin came into the world. It looked like the spirit and the soul were together. They were all corrupted. So in Hebrews chapter 12. 4 verse 12. The Bible told you what happens when a man hears the word. He says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. Then he said, Piercing even to the dividing asunder soul and spirit. Now, for that there, for there to be a division means that there has to be a togetherness. So, now that there is a. So, when you hear the word of God, you preach the word of God to an unbeliever. What God is interested is not in the soul or the body. What God is interested in is the spirit. Why? Because he is a spirit and he only connects with spirit. Because it is only your spirit that can connect with God. When you lift up your hands, oh, we give you glory, Lord. It is not your mouth. It's not your body. It is your spirit that recognizes God that connects with him. And the Bible says that God is not the God of the flesh. He is the God of the spirit. Is that okay? Yes. Alright. So now when the word of God comes, repent. No, not repent. You know, give your, give, give your life. Receive Jesus because you can't give your life. A, a, an unbeliever cannot give his life to Christ because he doesn't have a life. Every unbeliever is dead. They are dead. They are. If you don't know Christ, you are dead. You are dead and you will die again. Now, if you don't know Christ, your spirit... The Bible says it's spiritually dead. Your soul is corrupted. Your body is filled with mortality. It will die. This one. It has an exp. That's how like man grows. God never created your body to wrinkle at the end of age. Now, wrinkle is a sign of expiry date. So, everybody has an expiry date. Some is early, some is late. But when the expiry gate gets, gets there, you know, the body will start going down. Going down. So you can tell. You see that how the, the, the flesh... Uh-huh. It sucks, right? Do you know what it is? It is removing. So your spirit is coming out. So when the time gets there, it must come off and your spirit must come out. But when your spirit comes out, that is your reality. That is when we now decide. Forget about this one because it was taken from the earth. But then there is now a decision... Whether you receive Jesus and your spirit you have, which has a soul, is connected to heaven or connected to hell. If you don't know Jesus Christ, it means that spirit is the same spirit you were born with, which is sinful or has the nature of sin. So demons will just come for your soul and take you to heaven, hell. Now, if you are born again, you are born again and you have the life of Christ. So heaven must come for that life. Can you see it now? All right. So now we've prayed the word of God. Receive Jesus for righteousness. Receive Jesus. You have eternal life. Receive Jesus and I don't want to get Friday. I told you once they believe. Okay. When these three people come together. It's called a man. So the man has these three functions or parts. Personalities. The spirit, the soul, and the body. Now, the man, he has the word of God. And then Jesus transfers his faith. His faith to the man. So that the man now can receive salvation. Galatians two sixteen. He said, we are justified by the faith of the son of God. By the faith of the son of God. By the faith of the son of God. said, knowing that a man, you see, a man is not justified by the works of the law, but what? By the faith of Jesus Christ. So the faith that the unbeliever needs to receive salvation is not his faith. Because his own faith is corrupted from a corrupted soul, a body and soul and spirit. So today, you know, if this thing is not taught well, people boast around thinking it's my faith. No, no, no. The faith you needed to receive Jesus was Jesus' faith.
0: Thank you for listening to this message we believe you have been blessed by it we are word and spirit and we invite you to worship with us you will fall in love with our wednesday teaching service christian Raymond night at 6 p.m encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on friday at 6 p.m and sit under the reign of heaven in our service on sunday at 8 a.m Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet danny Ljadu and on Instagram at Prophet danny L-J-D-U. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on 233 1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus two three three two seven five one zero zero eight zero zero. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org. You are made to live from glory to glory, and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed. Name, victory.